Hello and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. This is Dr. Wendy Corin. And this is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And today we want to talk to you about moving backwards. You know, we spend a lot of time talking about perseverance and moving forward and, you know, growth. And sometimes... You got to know how to back up. You have to know how to back <laughs> up. And metaphor me this, Batman, because if you do not have the skills to back up, for your perspective, to take a look at things. Sometimes you can rush forward into doing things that are not as appropriate, useful, helpful, healthy. Not only that, in moving backwards, if you're in the equine or canine world, you're able to build your top line. And let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, because going backwards is an important part of your life. Uh, If I'm on my horse and I need to uh, come to a fence and come to a corner of the fence, I need to be able to back up. And (laughs) in backing up, that's actually really a good thing for a horse to be able to do. Backing up really helps build their glutes, their hind end. It's a great tool for helping build and balance the hind end of a horse. Now, and, and for being able to have them focus, because if they're pulling you and dragging you and you can sit back and instruct them backwards. It's not yank them backwards. It's letting them be rear wheel driven to go in the opposite direction, stepping back, being more aware of where their body is in space. Just as lateral work and and coming through the whole body is important. And I'll tell you, this is equal, certainly, Um, for your canine companions and competitors. Oh, yeah, it's been really good backing up dogs because especially dogs that have had had their cruciate ligament damage, backing up for them teaches them to start using that hind end a little more efficiently because once they've had that surgery, the leg gets really stiff, there's atrophy in the hind end. So making them use those muscles by backing up is a great tool to help rebuild their hind end. And again, think about the focus. In order to get that dog to back up, they need to be able to be focused on you. They need to be able to listen. They need to be able to pull themselves back, step back. Again, not push themselves back from the front end, but lead with the rear, therefore engaging glutes, engaging hamstrings, engaging that uh, top line, which is critical for maintaining the alignment of the entire creature. And a lot of times people don't know how to get, especially exuberant dogs, to back up. And one of the best ways is to put yourself and them alongside a wall or a fence. And you're keeping that shoulder against the line of the fence or against the line of the wall and you are giving them that security, that confidence to be able to go backwards because there's something that stabilizes them, both mentally and physically. And and there's a whole nother step behind this too that we haven't even talked about, we haven't touched on is what it does for the brain because the neurological connections the body begins to make when you make it do something different. It's a whole different physiology, a whole different set of neurology to be able to do that. And the best way to get the brain working more efficiently is make it do things that it normally doesn't do because you have to build new neural networks and more neural networks, more pathways. 
more pathways, more information. Absolutely. And the more you do those new pathways, the more facilitated those pathways become, the easier and easier and easier it becomes to get them to fire. So you can't do it once and go, oh my God, well, you know, that didn't work, I can't do it again. No, it's, it's consistency of being able to, and I, I practice this with my, uh, my least well-behaved dog, our meal times are now, you must wait, you must back up before you get food. And this has become so ingrained in her behavior that I take the food back up, she looks at me and backs up six steps. And that's fine. You know, I want her to associate it with the command, but I also love that she can now, you know, this is a wiggly dog, straight lines hadn't happened, and now she's completely capable of doing that and it's, it, it literally calms them down and helps them focus. And it gives you some other command to give if in case they're ever doing something that you prefer they didn't. You can use your back command in order to get them into a different behavior when they perhaps are moving forward towards something you'd prefer they were not moving forward towards. And, and I use this myself. I use this technique myself. Uh, I like to play bass. And sometimes I'll play a line one way. And then they say one of the great things to do is be able to turn around and play that line in reverse. Because it makes you use a whole different set of neurology. So your brain's thinking something different. So your hand has to do different things. And it really opens up your physiology to be able to do more. And think about this. when And I, and I do this... Um, in my own physical training is walking backwards and having to not push yourself back, but use your brain to consciously step, to elicit a different muscle pattern, to use your body differently so that you don't fall into patterns that are potentially destructive. So walking backwards, and I just said this to someone with their horse, look, your horse needs, it, it doesn't have near enough of a hind end. So let's get you up against the fence and both of you walk the straight line. Both of you step backwards, use your breath. And when you're doing this with a horse, your breathing influences their breathing. So it's really useful to, Exhale as you step and then inhale, and exhale as you step and then inhale, and begin to feel your body responding to what your brain is telling you to do, as opposed to, you know, let it let it just uh, notice that you're gone five steps backwards, but you don't know how, and you don't know what muscles you used, and you don't know if you were pushing yourself or ideally heel toe heel toe, feel the glutes engage make it work, notice what the horse is doing. With your horses and your dogs, notice when you ask them to back up, what's their head position? Yeah. And, and also, it's, it also is a good diagnostic tool for psoas tension in a, four, in a four-legged animal too, because as they back up, the short leg side will have a shorter step back. So they'll have a long step and a short step. So they don't go straight back. They end up going in a curve <laughs> because that short step, they don't go far enough back. So they end up turning towards the short leg or the short or the short muscle side. Absolutely. And, and they'll also go quick stepping on the pain side. So if you notice that they're stepping backwards and getting off one leg faster than the other, that's another 
indicator of something that may need improvement. So as we tell you every podcast, you have to have your eyes open, your ears open, your senses open in order to take in the information. And I know we've, in the English language, when we say something's going backwards, it has a negative connotation. And I want you to really think about how useful going backwards can be, how useful it is to look at what worked in the past and how can you integrate that into your success for the future as opposed to always looking for something new. Yeah. And and notice just backing your car out of the garage. How awkward does it feel to go backwards? Because you don't do it enough. The more you do it, the more used to it you get, the better at you, the better you actually get at it. Because again, you're you're training that neurology, and that's it. All comes down to that neurology. Well, and it's funny because as Dave said, that I was imagining there are people who look at their um, GPS system, or that's built in, or the navigation system to back up. My, I am so ingrained at looking over the shoulder that I go, yeah, but I don't know if that's true. I have to see it from this perspective with my head turned this way. And truly, it's really a good idea to alternate, to use your brain differently, to back up looking over your right shoulder, looking over your left shoulder, looking at your electronic device that's telling you, oh, you know, there might be something there. Uh, or beeping at you or whatever those things will tend to do. So when you think of back to basics, I want you to, instead of thinking backwards as a means of losing ground, think of taking a step back to get another perspective. Yeah, and sometimes, like Wendy said, getting back to basics As you do things in life, you find little shortcuts. Getting back to basics fills in those holes that you might have created over a period of time because you look at things differently because you find a faster way to do it. But faster doesn't always mean better, doesn't always mean you catch everything. So getting back to basics, always a great way to reinvigorate and remind yourself how you got to where you are today. Ah, rewind and remind. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. So the, the idea here is what more can you do backwards? And let's, let's, we've been talking about the hind end and the glutes and all that, but back, moving backwards also means your upper body. Paying attention to the fact that you and your horse and your dog have back muscles, have rear delts, have shoulders, have lats, have traps. And, you know, every human that I touch uh, therapeutically, I'm amazed at how strong people can be, and yet they have no muscles behind their shoulders because their habit patterns, they push their way through things. We're saying if you want to have a back and a backup system, you need to engage those muscles that pull your shoulders back, that pull it down, that give you flexibility. And and while I'm on this particular uh, soapbox, it, stretching is the best indicator. The, the, when your body feels like it needs to stretch, think about where's the muscle in the back that isn't working hard, that makes the muscle in the front feel so tight. You know, wh- where, where's your backbone? Yeah, because a lot of people get that burning pain between the shoulders. 
That's usually not because they're overworked the shoulders. It's usually because they're overworked the chest and those muscles are pulling the shoulders forward so the muscles in the back are feeling strained and that's where you get that burning pain from. So this is something, you know, you've got to be aware of and, and both with your animals and with your peoples. With your peoples. With your peoples. With your peoples. And, uh, My you know, peoples, your peoples. Exactly. And, and the thing is that when we look at symmetry and we're talking about the idea that you, you know, going backwards, often you'll find that there's so much more strength on one side than the other. And people will tell me, oh, it's, you know, well, I, I use my right leg or I use, or I, I am right footed or I look at legs on humans when they lay down in their riding boots and they're only using one leg. A lot of this time, it's because they don't have the confidence in that, you know, their support system in order to be able to use themselves balanced. So what can you do? Well, as a human, you can hula hoop. And by all means, ask me how, where, and why, because I have lots of demo videos of that. For your horses and your dogs, it's the stepping back and making sure they're doing it slowly, deliberately, and in a straight line. It doesn't matter if you can get them to go backwards, if they're pushing themselves back, if their front legs are, are you know, the, the lead. So to be able to observe, take your time, get them to do this. Rudy is demonstrating for me right now that you, know, you need to be able to Ask, be understood. Same thing with a horse. When you ask them to go back, where is their head? Is, does it have to elevate? Can it go down? I mean, if you, if you watch a reining horse go backwards, or if you watch a, you know, a, a, any of the Western trained horses, you ask them to go backwards, it's sometimes I, my horse, I used to think he was Michael Jackson. It was like we'd be moonwalking down the entire length of the ring. He had that down. He understood it. He was pulling himself back, but his head was lined up in such a way that it did not interfere or cause him distress. If they're having to back up and inverting because their head is so high up, well, you need to know that and you need to be able to correct that and you need to be able to make them comfortable doing it a way that's ergonomically correct. Yeah, because imbalance itself creates injury. Imbalance front to back, imbalance side to side, imbalance top, top to bottom. You know, runners found that if, because they ran all the time and their upper body got weak, they're, they end up having back problems because of the imbalance between the strong lower legs and the weak upper body. So they developed issues. So they found, runners found that if they worked out with weights for the top of their body, they didn't have back pain. And so the same goes with every sport that pitching. people play, pitching. If you spend all that time throwing with your right arm and don't spend any time throwing with your left arm, and that's not mean you have to throw 90 miles an hour because you do with the right arm, but that means you should be able to effectively throw something with the other side so you create that balance. Imbalance always ends up creating wear and tear, which usually creates injury. So the idea is take a step back, use your top line, use that ability to look what's behind you and allow that to support you so that you can move forward. Because here at Equiline, we have your back.
This is Dr. Wendy Corin. <laughs> this is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And this has been an Equiline podcast. <laughs>